chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read verses 16 through 18 uh, as we continue working through uh, the series on the Sermon on the Mount. And the title of this lesson is Real Fasting, Real Fasting, uh, Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. Jesus said, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask that you would help us tonight as we look at these next few verses and, and this Sermon on the Mount, as we look at the words of your Son Jesus. I pray that you would speak to us tonight and, and help us to learn and to glean and to grow uh, from the word of the Lord. Uh, help me, Lord, to be removed from the lesson and help me, Father, to uh, just lay out before your people tonight that are assembled uh, some things that will help them in their Christian walk and serving you. In Jesus' name, and amen. Now, once again, we are reminded this evening uh, that the Pharisees were notorious uh, for looking spiritual and looking uh, like that they were these earnest followers, totally dedicated people uh, of God. And yet at the same time, we know that Jesus affirmed many times that their heart was far from Him. They wanted the praise of others. They wanted to have the accolades of people of society, of other people of faith in the Jewish community. Um, they wanted the praise of others. They wanted to have those accolades of others that would praise them for their self-discipline and in their sacrifice of life for God. Uh, they were not so much concerned about what God seen and only they were only concerned about what others seen. So it was more just about an image that they wanted to bear before others. Now Jesus said that the praise of others was that that was their reward. That was their reward and that we should seek to fast the right way and when we do, then the Father openly rewards us. Now, when you look at what Jesus says so far through this chapter uh, that we've looked at about rewards, and then what He says in verse 19 through 21, what He says about laying up treasures in heaven, it is very right to glean from this that there are rewards or slash treasures we can lay up in heaven when we do those things the right way that He addresses. Righteous deeds the right way, when we give the right way, when we pray the right way, and when we fast the right way with the right motives, with the right intentions to please and honor God and not man, there are rewards for that. I think there are rewards presently we get here that maybe sometimes God gives us and nobody else is even aware of. Our Father rewards us in secret sometimes. But there, I think there are eternal rewards for the child of God when we serve God the right way. Now, our first main thought in regards to fasting here is, first of all, we want to think about this beyond biblical fasting. Beyond biblical fasting. 
You see, the Pharisees were known for their fasting. Uh, one account I, I read of a historian said that there were two set days a week that they were to typically fast. I can't remember what days. I think it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. They just, they just fasted those days. And that's likely why we see in, in the one uh, parable of Jesus about the publican and the Pharisee that went up to pray. And he prayed thus within himself, Lord, I thank you I'm not like other men are. And one of the things he said was what? I fast two times in a week. That was actually common uh, for the Pharisees from what I understand. And so, uh, but at the same time, nowhere, nowhere does God command us to fast twice in the week, does He? There's nowhere commanded in the Bible. Um, but the Pharisees, the spiritual leaders and religious elite of the day, had seemed to have made this standard that fasting twice in a week as some sort of evidence of, of great spiritual mindedness or closeness to God. Now, while Jesus did teach that his disciples would fast, and we'll take a mention of that again later. He also did not teach that they must fast twice a week. It's nowhere in the Bible. And so this is really something I think, as I was looking at this this week, I thought this is worthy to think about just for a little bit. Um, we must be careful so as to not set up standards that are kind of in line with the Bible, but go beyond the Bible as standards whereby people must do. Because the Bible does teach that fasting is good. It's in the Old Testament, New Testament. But God never commands us to do it two times a week. But yet it had become so incorporated into the religious elite of the day to where those who were really spiritual, who really walked with God, this is what they do. They fast twice a week. And so it's beyond Scripture. Scriptural but beyond Scripture at the same time. And so I think that we've we got to be careful about that. And so they had become this, this standard in culture and society that people should measure up to, but yet God never commanded. So We can do the same thing. We may not do it with fasting twice a week, uh, but we can do it with other things as well. We've got to be careful about that. We must be beware of the sinful nature within us that would seek to set up rules for spirituality that have a scriptural, a scriptural taste or flavor to it, if you would, because fasting is in the Bible, and then only to make ourselves feel good about doing it while looking down on others who are not doing it. But we're going beyond Bible. Beyond Bible. And so I think we've got to be careful about that. And so when we think about what are some things possibly today that we could possibly do that with and make ourselves feel super spiritual, you know, because we do something and others aren't. But yet it seems biblical. To fast twice in the week was a man-made and man-imposed tradition among the Pharisees. God never commanded them to do it twice in a week. Now at the same time, 
is there anything wrong with someone for a Christian to say, you know what, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to fast twice a week. Anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. But when that becomes a standard whereby we think so much better of ourselves <laughs> because we're doing it, we've missed the whole point of doing it. And a standard whereby we are now, well, they're not a spiritual because they don't fast twice a week like I do. Then we've, met, we've missed something along the lines. And so when I think about this, and this may not be popular to think like this, but it is, if I'm going to be forthright and honest, we have to admit in the Bible the Bible never commands us to come in midweek. Does it? There's no command. There, there's definitely a scriptural precedent for the first day of the week. So I cannot with a clear conscience say the Bible commands us to be here. But at the same time, if we apply this same mindset, is there anything wrong with coming? Absolutely not. Can it be a good thing to come? Absolutely. But I don't I think we've got to be careful about falling in be careful falling into those two mindsets of one thinking so much better of ourselves because we do it and and think less of others because they don't. That's a that's a that's a tough issue for pastors because we want everybody here, every service, you know. But I have to be true to my conscience and true to what the Scriptures teach. And we know that the Bible doesn't say you have to be there every day of the week or on Wednesdays. But you say, well, there's the authority issue. The church decided to do that. Well, the Pharisees, you know, they were the authority of that time too. I think we should have to deal honest with that. And, and at the same time, I think I can say we shouldn't judge people by that. We shouldn't think so much better of ourselves because of that. But at the same time, I think it's a great thing to do. I love the Wednesday night service. <laughs> I love being here. I know we're smaller in crowd. I just like the atmosphere. I just, I, I, I just like this. I like this time together. It helps me. And I know a lot of you say, hey, Pastor, Wednesday night's like my favorite service. I just love that. And, and so, but, so I want us to enjoy it and be here and, and try to come. I think it's good for us, but I don't ever want to become a self-righteous Pharisee because we're here. Does that make sense? I hope you still keep coming. <laughs> All right. Um, and I think that if we actually looked at it more from this perspective and promoting that perspective, you never know if we, if we have the right attitude about that, how much more people might be encouraged if we're just forthright. Oh, I know that the Bible doesn't command you to be on Wednesday, but let me tell you what, though. I need it. It's good, and, and I hope you can come, you know. And I know you're not a lesser Christian because you don't, okay, but hey, it's, it's a good thing. So maybe approach it from that way might be a little better for us. Does that make sense? All right. We should never think less of others for not doing that, or, and even when, when it comes to fasting, twice a week, they, but yet they did, and nor should we think of ourselves for doing it. Um, fasting was intended as a way to humble ourselves before God, something that the Pharisees had obviously missed, because <laughs> it was a form of humbling yourself before God, but yet they were so proud that they did it, so they obviously missed 
the whole purpose of it. Now let's get into pretend fasting real quick. Pretend fasting. So there's a, a beyond biblical fasting, I think they were guilty of, twice a week and it's almost like a mandate. And then there's a pretend fasting that they're also guilty of. Um, the, the, and so I think we see this as well. Jesus said that they would disfigure their faces. So they purposely did things physically to make people think they were fasting, make people aware of this fact. Um, so there seems to be times, though, when you look at the language that they wanted to look like they were fasting and to get the praise for fasting and looking spiritual, while in reality, sometimes they were not fasting at all. So there's two things taking place when you look at all the scriptures for fasting with the Pharisees that they were doing. One, they were fasting and they wanted people to know they were fasting. Two, they wanted to look like they were fasting even if they really weren't. <laughs> and so it was a pretend fast sometimes. I think they did fast, you know, quite often. But I think there was times where Jesus is saying, yeah, everybody thinks they're fasting twice a week. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they just disfigure their faces and they appear to be to be fasting. They want to praise for fasting, but they're not. See, see the Lord Jesus could say that because he knew what they were really doing. And, and so it was a pretend fasting um, sometimes. So here, here's the thing. Not, not only does the hypocrite seek to get praise for what they do, <laughs> hypocrisy will seek after praise and want credit for what they do not do but only appear to do. And that's what I think they were doing as well. I think they were doing both. And so as I think about this, and meditate on this this week, I think, well, what may, what would be some ways in our practical life to where we may maybe do something purposely to look like we're being spiritual in the moment and it looks on the outside we're being spiritual, close to God and all that, but in reality, we're not. And doing it at all and and so i'm sitting there at, at my actually i've been studying at the house today because nobody's home so i've been studying at the kitchen table today or this week it's been kind of nice i mean i've left my shorts on and just you know sitting at the coffee with the kitchen table and all that's been kind of nice doing that but uh anyhow i miss my wife but um anyhow and so i'm sitting there with my bible out and uh, on the kitchen table in which we have that quite often but I thought, you know, what if somebody left their Bible out on purpose so people would see their Bible out? <laughs> to, make other, you know, to make your wife think when she comes into the room, he's been reading his Bible. Man, he's doing so good. Or, oh man, a pastor's coming over and so kind of put the Bible out in a prominent place in a place where it's like it's been used lately, dust the, Bible, dust, get the dust off of it and set it out. Or maybe even leave it open. That's a real good one. Let's leave it open and you'll think, boy, he, they, must have been, he, they must have been in the Word right when I got here. But you really weren't. See, that, that, maybe nobody's ever done that, and I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> but sometimes we want people to think we're doing something spiritual whenever we're not. Listen, we've all probably got that temptation to want to look more spiritual than we are. And, and I know that there's probably other things we could do. Maybe, here's one, what if you actually brought your Bible to church, but you didn't open it? It looked like you were doing good, but you didn't, you didn't even crack it open. Don't even plan to crack it open. 
What if you looked like you were giving a tithe or a gift in somehow or some way, but you really you didn't? You know, you kind of go back. I mentioned before that one scene in fire in the flywheel where he pretends to put a, an offering in the plate, but he doesn't. You know, he puts an envelope in there. Um, that would be the same thing. You know, I want to praise accolades of doing something I didn't really do. Um, how about we may appear to pray, but not actually pray? Uh-oh, that just, got, that just got a little more personal, didn't it? Because we can close our eyes, go through the motions. So-and-so's praying, and we're thinking, is he about done yet? Um, amen. Like, oh, <laughs> didn't even listen. Didn't even engage in prayer. I, well, he didn't pray loud enough for me to hear. Yeah, but you could have been, you can pray, you know. Um, and so, you know, so that there's just some things we can look like we're being more spiritual than we are. Um, may appear to worship while we're here. We may lip sync, or may, we might not only lip sync, we might just say the words, but we're not even, we don't even know what we said. Um, say amen and get, get fired up in this message or the sermon and, and all that, and then go out and it don't really affect us at all. So it looked good while you were here. You agreed while you were here, but you went out there and you didn't do any of it. There's ways we can look spiritual, but not be spiritual. I don't want that. I know, I know you don't want that, but we have to fight against that in ourselves. I know that. Um, we may wear or say things that give the appearance of holiness or spirituality. I, I mean, I, I personally like T-shirts that have Scripture verses on them. I, I actually like them. Um, it's one way people can read the Word of God on you and, you know, you may not ever have a chance to talk to them. But um, it, it's got to be inside of you, too. It can't just be on your shirt. <laughs> you know, it's got to be in your heart. And so don't just wear it to give the appearance of looking like a Christian. I mean, if you, if you wear a Scripture T-shirt two or three days a week, but you're not in the Bible, why don't you just take that, why don't you just wear a different shirt? Really? You know what I'm saying? I mean, let it be real. Let it be real. You're trying to put it in you, and you want it out here too. Um, and, and so the Pharisees will pretend fasting. Let's not pretend. Let's be real. Let's be authentic in a Christian walk. Uh, lastly, the last main thought here is when, he's, when Jesus says, when you fast. When you fast. Uh, Jesus teaches his disciples by saying, when you fast, teaching us that fasting is something we should do. Um, we don't have to do it twice a week. There's no, there's no limit there. God doesn't even say that. I mean, there, there were times they did fast in the Old Testament for different things in regards to a regular fast, but um, we're not underneath those laws. But I think we can fast whenever we want and as much as we want. Just don't, don't kill yourself doing it, you know. I wouldn't try the 40-day thing if I was you. Um, uh, but look, so there's no mandate there is what I'm saying it is something we should voluntarily want to do um, but he says when you fast but it is something you should do it's something that seems to be expected of us to do but there's not an amount of whereby we must do it later in Matthew 9 we see that the disciples of John the disciples of John come to Jesus the disciples of John come to Jesus and say why do the Pharisees fast often, you know, uh, but your disciples do not fast? And he said, and they said, the disciples of John fast, and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast. And, and Jesus gave him an answer. He says, can the, this was his answer. He says, can the, friend, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn? 
as long as a bridegroom is with them. So it's almost like fasting is, can sometimes be done as a mourning for not being in the presence of God. So in other words, a mourning for the presence of God. So can, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? He said, then he says, but the days will come, will come when the bridegroom will be taken away, that's him, from them, and then they will fast. So he says, when I'm gone, my disciples you see here right now that aren't fasting, they're going to fast. Which tells us something very important about fasting, that fasting is intended to draw us closer to God. And that's what we should want. So why do they want to fast when I'm right here with them? And so that's the main purpose of fasting is to draw them out of God. If, the, if your purpose of fasting is to look spiritual, if your purpose of even going to church is to look spiritual, if your purpose here on Wednesday night is to look spiritual, you've missed the whole point. It's to be in the presence of the Lord. That's why we should do the spiritual exercises we do. That's why we would fast. That's why we would pray. That's why we would come to church. All of these things were so to draw near to God. Now, so Jesus teaches two main things there by what He says there in Matthew. One, after He was gone, the disciples would fast. Two, the purpose of fasting is to draw near to the Lord. Fasting in the Bible, listen, fasting in the Bible was not staying away from your favorite snack or TV show. That's not what it was. Now, at the same time, that's not a bad thing to do, you know, to, to practice some self-discipline. I mean, you're a sugar-holic, and you're trying to stay away from that stuff. That's a good discipline. Uh, you've been watching too much TV. And you know what? I need to quit watching this show for a while. That's, that's a good discipline. And there, there can be some spiritual benefit from that. But that's not what fasting was in the Bible. Um, what people practice right now during, during Lent, I'm not a Lent person. I, I taught on that last week. Um, you know, abstaining and, and what all that involves. I'm not going to talk about that tonight. Uh, I, I did a, a year ago. Um, <laughs> I almost really messed up this week. I forget it's Lent. And on Ash Wednesday, I went into the store, and this lady had this big glob around her forehead. I'm like, well, that poor lady. I'm so dumb <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I was literally walking. I was almost to her, and I was about to say, honey, you got... I thought, I, I got to help her. She's, she's going to embarrass herself. <laughs> and I, was about, I came this close from saying, you got something on your forehead. You know, I, I want to tell you. you know, cause I thought, poor lady, nobody's going to tell her. <laughs> I want to be a nice guy. And then right before I said something, it was like Ash Wednesday. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I'm just not a fan of that. And I, I, I taught on that last year, my opinions on that. And what I think the Bible teaches about that. Uh, but anyhow, there, there can be some benefit, though, in our life from abstaining from things. But that's not fasting in the Bible. I mean, it was, they literally stayed away from food. That's pretty important. And sometimes they fasted and stayed away from water. You don't want to do that very long. But that's, sometimes that's how intense it was. You know, food and even sometimes water. Um, here's some quick times where they, where they fast. I'll mention these. Times they fasted in the Bible, okay? In 2 Samuel, David fasted as he prayed that God would heal his sick child. He also fasted, he also fasted when he prayed for his sick enemies in, in Psalm 35. So praying for the sick and he prayed for his child. 
Nehemiah 1, he fasted, wept, and prayed when he heard about the destruction of Jerusalem, which also led to confession to sin. So when he heard the bad news about how bad off Israel was, or Jerusalem was. Nineveh, remember that? When Jonah preached to them, they fasted, confessed, repented at the preaching of Jonah and hoped that God would have mercy. Esther, chapter 4, she and others fasted as she was about to go before the king on behalf of the Jews in order to plead for their lives. Very important thing about to do. In the New Testament, Jesus taught fasting was necessary for the apostles to cast out certain demons, teaching us that there are some things. There are some things where God is saying, I'm not going to do unless you fast. And so it can be a very valuable tool. We, if we're going to get serious and pray about something, you need to consider fasting. In Acts 10, Cornelius fasted as he was praying, seeking and waiting on the Lord to send Peter. In Acts 13, the church fasted and prayed as they sent out Barnabas and Saul. So just, just to dedicate those men to the ministry. In Acts 14, they fasted when they chose elders for the churches. And, and so we see that fasting is, is not always for the purpose of, of sorrowing over sin and repentance. It's not always for that, but sometimes it is. We can also use it to just simply draw near to God. And listen, when you draw near to God, you will see some sin. You might, you might not start off fasting as, well, I've got this sin in my life I need to deal with, and I want to fast and seek God about this. You may not even start off like that, but let me tell you what, when you fast and you seek God and you draw near to God, He may then reveal some things about yourself. Saying, oh, I need to work on this. So you may fast to simply draw near to God, to focus on Christ, to seek His will for your life, to pray for mercy, to make big decisions. All of that can be reasons for fasting. But all of that is to draw near to the Lord and to be close to Him, to find His will. However, at the same time, do not think that fasting alone, without a turning from sin, and without a genuine desire to draw near to God, will do any good. In other words, if I just fast, and some, it's some magic formula to get what I want from God. Do not think that fasting alone will somehow make your prayers heard. The Lord also corrected that mindset in, with Israel in Isaiah chapter 58. They were fasting simply, he says, to make their voice heard. And he says, but yet you have not at the same time repented of their sins. And so they're fasting so God will listen to them, but they, still, they, wasn't, they weren't turning and confessing sin. If you're going to be fasting, there needs to be also that confession and repenting and turning from sin. So if you're living in sin and, and you're going to fast to God to try to get an answer for something, whatever, then what's the purpose? And so he's saying it needs to be with that. It needs to be together. So in closing, real quick, let me leave us with just a few thoughts to think about and some questions. One, let us be honest and ask ourselves this. Is there anything that truly ever bothers us enough or makes us sorrowful enough to even fast. Because oftentimes the fasting was associated with, with mourning. Jesus said, well, they, he says, why would they mourn while I'm here? I mean, is, is there ever just a, maybe just a longing for the presence of God? A longing for the coming of Christ? We just want to focus on Him. Is, is there ever, do we ever get burdensome about our loved ones, about our kids, or spouses, or aunts, uncles, whatever? Or just concerned about their souls, or concerned about what's going on in their life, or concerned about somebody's sick? Do we ever even get burdened that much to where we're willing to just focus on the Lord and, and abstain from breakfast, lunch, or dinner? 
We just focus on Him. Do we ever even get that kind of burden, that kind of sorrow for people that need the Lord? We should. Um, do we ever seek the Lord earnestly to fast as, as we make major decisions? Do we ever want to fast just simply to focus on drawing near to Christ and to enjoy Him? And fourthly, we must also need to be careful so as not to think that the most spiritual are the most miserable looking. That was something else that I think that the Pharisees seemed to implement is they appeared to be sorrowful in their fast. I don't think you have to do that that way. I don't think that fasting means that you must always sorrow. I think that if you're really pleading to God for somebody, for some kind of destruction that's happened, like Nehemiah, he wept. I mean, there's sometimes definitely associated with, with sorrow, and sometimes that can be hard to hide. I get that. But not always does it have to be that way. There can, be, there can be reasons to fast for joy, just to draw near to Christ and just enjoy His presence and to focus on Him. Um, the, the, you don't, in other words, I'm just saying, to be the most spiritual, you don't have to look the most miserable. <laughs> That's not the way it works. But that seems to be the Pharisee way of the day. And if we feel that we must look miserable to be considered spiritual, then there's something wrong with our view of spirituality. And then ultimately, the practice of hypocrisy will rob us of the joy of spiritual exercise. Fasting should be a good thing, just like everything else he mentions here. It should enhance our walk with the Lord, enhance our joy in the Lord. When we do it the right way, it will. And for the purpose of glorifying Jesus, not ourselves, and drawing close to Him. Let's pray. Father, use this lesson tonight and help us to uh, practice fasting in a biblical way. And not only that, but Lord, in, in all of our life, let us not be pretentious, Lord, in our spiritual activities. Let's not try to appear, Lord, to be more spiritual than we are. Help us to be real and authentic people who, yes, sometimes struggle, but are trying to do the right thing. And help us, Lord, to not look 